The message you're about to hear is a production of the Word and Sound Ministry of the Redeemed Christian Church of God, Throne of Grace, Richmond Hill. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. God bless you as you listen to the transforming and inspiring Word of God. To God for keeping, sustaining, preserving, holding them up. January to May. If you are grateful in the house, lift up your voice and exalt Jehovah. Exalt the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. The sustainer of life. The one that has given you life, giving you breath in your nostrils. He's deserving of our praise, deserving of our worship, deserving of our honor. It's not you that just sustained or kept yourself, but God has kept you from January to May and is worthy of our praise. He's sustained your family. He's kept you in your careers, in your job. He's kept you in your health. He's been faithful through the seasons. He deserves our praise. Let's, let's just magnify him this morning. The songwriter says, anytime I see the breaking of the day, I say, thank you, Lord. I say, thank you, Lord, because mercy kept me. Love sustained me. He's worthy of praise. Let's just worship him this morning. The God that deserves all our praise and deserves all our worship, deserves all our honor. Yes, Lord. I just want to say thank you. I just want to say thank you. Father, we have a thousand tongues, it will never be sufficient to give you gratitude and give you praise from the depths of our hearts for sustaining us, for keeping us, for preserving us, for providing for us, for making sure that we are strong, alive, and well. We are grateful. Thank you. Thank you for the testimonies. Thank you for the marriages. Thank you for the lives for the promotions, for the new jobs. Thank you, O oh God in heaven, for the great and the mighty things you've done for us. We return all the thanks. We return all the praise to you. You alone deserve it. Thank you. Blessed be your holy name. For in Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, we give thanks. I'd like you to turn around to somebody to your left, to your right. Welcome them warmly into the presence of God. Tell them a happy new month. It's the first Sunday. Fragrance of light, the Lord bless you as you have your seats. Praise the name of the Lord. You may please have your seats. And those of you watching online, thank you for joining us this morning. Wherever you're connecting from, the Lord bless you richly. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise the name of the Lord. 
next Sunday is Mother's Day. And all the women in the house shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Uh, all the men in the house, please make sure you take care of, make sure that we take care of the women on Sunday, okay? Um, let's take care of our wives. Let's take care of our mothers. Let's tell them we love them. They'll tell them that, look, hey, without them, uh, life wouldn't be the same. So please, um, let's celebrate our mothers next Sunday. And I'm sure it will be a wonderful time in the presence of God. In Jesus' name. This month, we are talking about love. But we're not talking about twisted love. We're talking about real love. Real love. Real love. And by the special grace of God, this Friday, we're going to be talking about attributes of love. I'd like to encourage as many of us who can make it. Fridays will have in-person service. It's always a wonderful time in the presence of God. Please make it out here and be part of, be part of the in, in-person service every Friday. 7 p.m. we have service here. Now, after this Friday, the upper week, which is the 19th, and the 21st, we have um, a guest minister who will be ministering with us. Uh, many of us know him, Pastor Bode Akindele. And I'd like you to please diarize it, note it in your diaries. Put it out there in your calendar. We're going to be talking about real love, strong marriages. We were having a conversation in Sunday school this morning about marriages, and many of us were not there. Um, but... This, that weekend, 19th and 21st, is going to be a powerful weekend in the presence of God. So please don't miss it. Let's be a part of it. Our ministry is Pastor Body Akindele. It's going to be a wonderful time with so much blessings. And I am certain that our lives will not be the same again. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And so, Father, as we look into your word this morning, we ask that God, your word will challenge transform, quicken, and empower us. Love has been poured out. That's what your word says. In Romans chapter 5, verse 5, shared abroad in our hearts, we pray, Holy Spirit, empower love in our lives. Stir up the fruit of love in us. Oh, quicken us to love like Christ loved. That all of our lives, virtues of love, fruits of love, we flow out of our beings as an example of men and women commanded to love. We receive grace to be lovers. Lovers of God, lovers of our spouses, lovers of our children, lovers of our brother, fellow brothers, lovers of our neighbors. We receive grace much more in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, precious Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we pray. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 16. Like I said to them on Friday, I'm going to ask these questions uh, for the few t- number of times I'm going to be ministering this month. 1 John chapter 3 verse 16, the NLT version. 1 John 3:16. We know what real love is because Jesus Gave his life for us. We know what real love is. Because Jesus gave up his life for us. So 
we also ought expected mandated to give up our lives for our brothers and our sisters can you please look around to the person beside you can you look, look around to the person beside you maybe it's a brother or it's a sister ask them can you give your life up for me <laughs> you know, you know, some, some of us just looking at that person that we couldn't even keep our eyes on that person. <laughs> Are you, you, me, give, give my life for you. <laughs> Uh, you know. <laughs> Real love is the core value of our Christian faith. And that love, friends, is founded on the fact that Christ is saying that this is what real love is. For you to be able to lay down your life for your friend. We live in a world that is that has high twisted love. I read a story the other day of a couple that went for a wedding rehearsal. And the man made a deal with the minister. And said to the minister, please, I'm going to pay you a hundred dollars. I said, please, when you are reading the vows, can you please take away the aspect that has to do with I will love you, I will honor you, I will obey you, you know, and all that stuff. And then he slipped the hundred dollar bills into the minister's hand. And then walked away and smiled. Oh, I've, 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 I've gotten a bit of what I want. The next day when they were conducting, the man was conducting the, you know, wedding. The man said, do you promise to bow down before your wife, to take her and give her breakfast in bed, to fulfill every of her desires. And the man stood in astonishment. I, I thought I settled you. <laughs> what happened? And he whispered to the minister, said, What happened? I thought we had a deal. And the minister whispered back, whispered back to him and said, I caught a better deal with your wife. <laughs> Everybody is looking out for himself. Twisted love. We live in a world that is self-centered. I, me, and myself. In fact, studies have shown that the world is gravitating more towards individual, individualistic tendencies than collective tendencies. So everyone is looking, how, how can I be taken care of? What is there for me? What is there in this marriage for me? If there's nothing there, I'm checking out. So the phrase of marriage have changed from for better, for worse, to other things. In the world we live, what we find is to find a situation where people have become 
more egocentric. They came off for themselves. Their own needs, their own wants. They don't want to listen to any other person's perspective or views about life or about any issue. It is my way or no way. I'm caring about others. But you see, that is not what the love that God talks about that you and I are supposed to represent. You see, by this we know what real love is, that Jesus laid down his life, that we ought also to lay down our lives for the brethren. They, they tell us that there are different dimensions of types of love. There's touch, there's errors, there's failure, and on and on. But you see, the one that was talking about throughout this month is what they call the agape love. Agape love. The love that is from God. This love, friends, is selfless. Selfless. This love, friends, it is a love that knows no condition. It's not a conditional love. It's not a love that says, oh, if, if, if you smile with me today, I will smile with you. But if you don't smile with me, I'm not going to smile with you. Oh, if you take out the dishes, you'll be the best. But if you don't take out the dishes, no way. If, if you cook, oh, you're going to be... But if you don't cook, forget it. Forget it. Real love, friends, is strong affection. It's fondness. It's admiration for someone you love. It's unselfish loyalty. That's what real love is. Are you ready, friends, as Christ demands of you and I to be selfless as a person? That's what real love is. The world today has hyped or twisted what love is. If you go to Hollywood, you go to Nollywood, we see various versions of love. And, and somehow people think, oh, that is love. So when somebody feels a butterfly in his stomach, say, oh, I love him. I love her. Oh. <laughs> Twisted. So, so sometimes a guy approaches a lady and all he says is that, oh, he said, the day that I met you, I just realized that the cloud was blue. <laughs> Some of you are smiling. Some of you guys, you know how you rap those, uh, those ladies before Christ met you. You know, there's, 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 there's a very, very interesting, um, you know, soap opera back in the days. They call it Kokori, that cries over Jordan. And for those of who were back in the days, you know, those old school people, one very famous song that that guy used to sing that I like so well. Oh, my darling, oh, my darling, when I think of you, my heart is making jiggy, jiggy like a little wave. When I see you. My heart is making me You know, and I remember back in the days when, uh, <laughs> you know, I was in, in high school, and, and, and that, song was what, that song was what was raining. And I approached one lady, and I said, hey, oh, my, when I see you, my heart is making me The lady looked at me and said, what are you, what kind of talk are you talking <laughs> Twisted love 
That kind of love for most people is twisted because what he's looking for is what they can get and not what they can give. We see it out there over and over again. What is there for me? What can I get out of this? And that is why sometimes you hear men into a relationship and saying to a lady, if you, if you can't have sex and, and I know that you are pregnant, we can get ahead marrying. What kind of love is that? kind of love twisted love twisted love but the real love that God talks about is unconditional and it's the greatest gift that God has given to mankind unconditional love unconditional love a love that whether you are nice or you're not nice is ready to pour out itself a love that whether you obey or you don't you're not obedience is ready to pour out itself a love that does not have standards or basis. Auntie Tooks was talking about 19 years. Huh? Got married four more years. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> but do you know that there are parents who don't want their spouses to be married to a particular culture or clan? That was. They said this one is Ajakuta Mamomi. How did they say it? They said they say this guy was from Nyamiri. <laughs> That's a different story. Let's not, let's not, let's not put our leanings in the public. <laughs> Friends, the, the truth is love is not conditional. It's not conditional of tribe or culture. Some of us, even as grown up as we are, we have in our mindset, somebody can marry from somewhere else. Conditional love. Love, friends, is not conditional. Oh, there the, are the, the advantages of marrying from tongue, from if you have somebody that is from the same tongue or tribe with you. There are advantages. But it's not the same. If God is not in it. I see people who marry from their very, very local village. And then it, does, it didn't last three months. And I've seen people who man, married from China. Uh -uh. Love does not discriminate. This kind of agape love is not discriminate. It doesn't discriminate. It doesn't judge. And when John was to describe this type of love, he says in John chapter 3 and verse 1, he said, Behold, what manner of love the Father has done what? Has bestowed on us that you and I should be called the sons and the daughters of God, the children of God. He said, Therefore the world does not know us because it did not know him. And verse 2, he says, Behold, now we are the children of God and it does not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. First, real love is a wonderful love. It's a marvelous love. It's a love that God has marvelously, lavishly poured out upon us. Lavishly poured us on us. Poured out on us in dimensions never known before. I don't know about you, but you see, when I look at myself and I see the love Christ had poured out upon me, I wonder, what am I that has extended so much love to me? Messed up, yet he loved me.
couple of times, many of us, we don't even obey him, yet he has loved us. A couple of times, many of us, don't even merit it, yet he has loved us. And that is the same love, friends, he's telling you, he's telling me, and you to do what to express to others. Just in case you're hearing the sound of my voice this morning, and people are telling you, oh, I hate you, I don't love you, and it's gone down into you because the devil has sold you that lie. God says to you, I love you with an everlasting love. He's loved you. Whether you are the only person upon the face of the earth, he will still die for you. He will still die for you. I was counseling and talking with somebody the other day and she was crying and crying and crying and said, Pastor, nobody loves me. Nobody loves me. Parents don't love me. Sisters don't love me. Nobody loves me. Maybe you're here or watching online and you feel the same way. You're feeling, since nobody loves me, let me just, let me just end it. But God is saying to you, I've loved you with an everlasting love. Say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. He's loved you with an everlasting love. He's loved you. He's loved you. He's loved you. And his love for you, friend, is real. His love for you is sacrificial in nature. His love for you was what took him to the cross to die for you. His love for you is what brings about perfection in your life. And friends, he loves you. Your spouse may not love you, but he loves you. Your friends may not love you, but he loves you. And that is why, friends, don't write off yourself when, because you think nobody loves you. In fact, we live in a world and a culture where the devil has sold lies to many of us and said to us, hey, you're not lovable. You're not lovable. Now somehow, you know, in the recesses of our mind, something keeps telling you, oh, so, so some person left you. You can't even keep a boyfriend or you can't keep a girlfriend or you can't keep a this or you can't keep a that. Nobody really loves you. God loves you. He loves you and he's loved you with an everlasting love. Loved you with an everlasting love. Friends, what manner of love he has poured out upon us. But see, the, the, the deeper dimension of it is this. This is the same kind of love that God wants you to extend to your brother and to your sister. A love that is rich. A love that is deep. A love that makes so much. Because that is the divine nature of God. The Bible says in John chapter 5, I mean Romans chapter 5 verse 5, it says the love of God has been shared abroad in our hearts. In, in other words, everyone here have the capacity to love. You have the capacity to love. Oh, I can't love him. It's not true. The Bible says the love of Christ has been shared abroad in our hearts. You can't love. You can't. Because the love has been poured out. You can love God with a passion. You can love your spouse. You can love your brother. You can love your sister. You can love even that difficult, crazy brother you see or crazy sister you see. In the world, there will always be crazy people. Always be. At work, there will be people who you just wonder, where in the world did they break this one from? 
I used to have a boss when you greet him in the morning and say, good morning, sir. He says to you, what is good about the morning? So everybody, when he's coming, everybody just looks for... But God says you can love. You can love. No matter that the personality, you can love. You have the capacity because you are a child of God. You carry the mind of God. You carry the life of God. He's poured forth his love into your heart. And my prayer is that God will quicken love in your life by the help of the Holy Spirit in the mighty name of Jesus. Every true child of God has the nature of Christ. The nature of God, and that nature is love. That nature is love. First John chapter 4, verse 7. The Bible says, Behold, let us love one another. For love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God. And knows God. And he who does not love does not know God. For God is love. God is love. God is love. I, I like to please beg you. Because I've, a couple of times I heard that phrase. People say, I don't think I can love him. It's not a choice. Loving is not a choice. It's a command. Oh, but you don't know what he did to me. We know. You, you don't know what it is. It's really, really dealt with me. But what about the things we've done to Christ? What about the things we have made? The kind of despise and the everything that was done to him, yet he still loves us with an everlasting love. Friends, you can love. You make up your mind, I will love. I will love. In fact, the truth is that love is a, is, is a fruit every one of us is supposed to be bearing. Anytime you're not loving, it means that there's something wrong with you. Not the person you don't want to love, but you. Love is a fruit that God wants to see manifest in us. God wants to see and us radiate that love to the men and the women around us. Every time it's not there, there's something out of function. My prayer is that God will help us to live a life of love to his praise and to his glory. I'll quickly talk about two or three benefits of love and then I'll begin to wrap it up at that point. What are the benefits of real love? What are the benefits of real love? Within the context of my time, we'll talk about two of them. One benefit of real love is that real love is the covenant platform for unusual blessings. You want to enjoy unusual blessings? Oh, let it be real love at work in you. The blessings of God, friends, is motivated by love. Driven by love, experienced by love. That is why it says, If I speak with tongues of angels and have no love, it's nothing. For you to enjoy the full measures of the blessings of God, love triggers it. Look at the life of Solomon, who enjoyed so much dimensions of the blessings of God. If you look at the life of Solomon, the Bible says in 1 Kings chapter 3 and verse 3, say, And Solomon loved the Lord. So love the Lord. The foundation of every true meaningful love is in the love first for God. If you will love yourself or love your brother, you must first love God. If you don't love God enough, you can't love others. Because that's where love comes from. See, and Solomon loved the Lord, walking in the statues of his father. 
So he woke up one day because of his love for God and said, look here, I'm going to build God. I'm going to kill a thousand animals for God. Back in the days, it was not common for a man to say, I want to kill 1,000 animals. Somebody will say, why are you wasting the animals? Somebody will say, ah, but God does not need animals now. Why are you killing all those animals? And so at some point, he killed about 22,000 sheep because of his love for God. His love for God. Friends, your love for God must motivate everything you do. Your love for God. There are certain things you make up your mind not to say because of your love for God. Joseph said, how can I do this evil thing and sin against God that I love so much? Love for God must be your motivating factor in everything. And it, it triggers tremendous blessings. In other words, the more you love God, the more you extend love and show your love for God, the more God pours out his blessings upon you. For those of us who have, by the special grace of God, you know, children. You know that the ones that love you or show signs of love to you, gets more endeared to you. Even though they say we're not supposed to love one more than the other. But I found out that God loves some more than the other. Ah, Okay. Otherwise, why will God say, I have found a man after my heart? Before Solomon was born, the Bible says, and the Lord loved him. No, that's a different theology. Let's not go into that theology this morning. But, but the point I'm making is that there's something that should endear you. You see, when you endear yourself to God, God gets drawn to you. The Bible said, draw near to me, and I will do what I will draw, draw near to you. If you want God to show you amazing, unusual blessings, love the Lord with a passion. Let your heart beat for God be measured by the love you have for him. Let your heart beat be measured by the, thing, the love you have for God. I, I love him so much. Do anything for him. I love him so much. I can do anything for him. I love him so much. Let that be your, let that be the craving of your life. The Bible says that as the deer, David speaking, pants for the waters, so my heart yearns for you, God. My heart yearns for you. When Solomon killed the first 1,000 animals, God showed up. God said, hey, I've never seen this type before. Never seen this type. Ask me anything you want. And that was the beginning of a blessing for him. He killed the second animal, you know, 22,000 animals. The Bible says that God showed up a second time. It's not coincidental that God shows up when, when he sees love at work. God shows up every time he sees love at work. What about David? David was madly in love with God. Madly in love. He said, I can't lift up my hands and touch the king, the Lord's anointed. What? This man was pursuing him to kill him. This man took the javelin twice, saw, threw it at him the first time, he dodged it. He came after him again the second time, he threw it at him and he dodged it again. He finds now an opportunity to kill him. But he remembers God. He said, look, Lord, I love you so much. If not for you, I would have just... I would have just... Somebody was telling me a story the other day. 
And he was say he was begging God, Lord, please just give me five minutes to be mad. <laughs> Lord, just give me, just, just allow me, just allow me, just allow me. Let me just give him a piece of my mind. Let me just be mad. But for God, love for God, love for God. If, if you look at the Psalms, you realize that they, those, were, those were love songs of David to God. Expression of gratitude, expression of the things. Now, because of the dimension of the love that David had for God, God also loved David with so much love. How can one man take everything? Sometimes, you know, some of us say, oh God, why will you do? He, he gave the throne, the throne of David. He gave the city, the city of David. He gave the son, the son of David. The mercy, the short mercies of David. Everything David, everything David. Love. 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 And incidentally, I found out that people who also answered David have some measure of Davidic grace following them. I don't know why it's so. <laughs> so when I caught when I caught the secret, I said, "Okay, my son, you'll be David." <laughs> it's, it's not coincidental. The wealthiest church in the Redeemed Christian Church of God is City of David. <laughs> but you want to talk about David's in, in, in life? David Oyedepo, David Livingstone. Those of you who like football, David Beckham. <laughs> it's not coincidental. Love for God makes what such a wonderful difference, friends. It makes what such a wonderful difference. The second thing that love, love triggers is that love triggers unusual favor. Unusual favor. Unusual favor. God is always looking to favor those who love him. In an unusual manner, it's always looking. Remember Ruth, Ruth. Ruth loved with a passion. They said to Ruth, please Ruth, can you stay back home? I don't have any more children to give you. Ruth said, I made up my mind. I have joined myself to you. I'm, I'm loving you to die, to death. Don't tell me not to follow you. Where you go, I will go. Where you die, I will die. Your people will be my people. You know, everything. Naomi said to Ruth, Ruth, I don't have any more husbands. I don't have any more sons to give you. Can you just please stay back? But Ruth said, please don't tell me to go. I'm so tied to you. The love I have for you is so dear. No wonder God favored her with unusual favor. Out of nowhere gave her boys. Who, of course, we know gave birth to Jesus from his lineage. What about the Shunammite woman who showed so much love? The Bible says that he, he kept seeing this man passing every, every, every now and then, you know, passing through his compound or passing through the front of his house. And the scripture says, I reckon that this man is a man of God. He just said, I reckon. I think. So it wasn't too sure. Can we just please make him his house somewhere in the upper room? He told the husband. The husband said, please go ahead. So every time the man is passing, he says, please, sir, can you come and just, just rest a bit and continue your journey? Now, mind you, this woman was a barren woman at this point in time. She had her own problems. 
So if, if for anything, life had dealt with her such that she would say, I have enough of my problems, why will I even look at others? But not so. She went out of her way showing love. And because of the love she extended, the Bible says that if you look at that story in the book of 2 Kings chapter 4, there are three dimensions of unusual favor she, she got. One, she got a child she was not asking for. Number two is that when famine was going to come in the land, seven years, she got expo. The man of God said to him, please leave the land because famine is coming. And she left, enjoyed herself. So famine did not catch up with her. She came back after farming, and every of her possessions and properties were taken. Then she was saying, how am I going to start again? But she got unusual favor. The day she appeared before the king to say, look, hey, can you give me back my house and my land? Gehazi was right there to talk about him and to talk about her. And she got back everything that she lost in 2 Kings chapter 8. Unusual dimensions of favor. Somebody listening to my voice this morning, whether watching online or here in person, as you engage in love this month, God will show you unusual favor. In the mighty name of Jesus. One day of favor will last, can last for a lifetime. Psalmist says in Psalm 30 verse 5, he says your favor lasts for a lifetime. Let God just show you one hour of favor. And you, people will be talking the story for the rest of their lives. The reason why many of us are still struggling with, in many areas of our lives is because we have not encountered the favor of God. Favor makes a difference. It makes a difference. Now I read a story. A very interesting story. You know, a frail man, a frail-looking old man, you know, stood in the middle of a busy pedestrian cross. Lost. But people were just passing by you know, busy, a sea of people, they were just going back, back and forth, back and forth. But no one noticed him. And suddenly, one man saw this frail-looking old man standing there, looking as if he was lost, and walked up, walked up to him and said, Hey, sir, are you okay? My name is Tom. Then the man looked back at him and said, Oh, I went jogging, you know, through the park. Somehow along the line, I lost my way. I'm new in the community. And I found myself here, and I don't have, know how to get back home. And he said, hey, my name is Joe. And this, this exchange, pleasantries, and Tom said to Joe, Oh, I live in the neighborhood. I can help you find your way. And he asked the man, where do you stay? The man said, somewhere in Pine Street. And he said, okay, I'd I just like to take, get, grab a cup of coffee. Can you join me? And so Joe followed him, an elderly man. But when, he got, they went, when they got into the coffee store, he noticed that Joe, this elderly man, was shaking. So he offered and bought a cup of coffee for him. And they gave him a coffee, and then they sat down a bit drinking coffee. And fast forward, when they had finished drinking coffee in the process of drinking they were chatting and Joe was asking the man oh what do you do and all of that stuff and the man said I, I, I just been out of job and I'm looking for a job I just did an interview you know for a job in one major company you know 
software design company, you know, just yesterday, and on and on. But long story short, Tom took Joe home. And when Tom took Joe home, they got home, and the mother, sorry, the daughter and the husband of this elderly man said, oh, where have you been? We've been looking for you. And the elderly man said, hey, we had lost my way. I was walking in the park. I didn't know how I got myself messed up, and then I couldn't find my way. But thank God for Tom, who had brought me back home. And the daughter was so glad and said to Tom, please let me know anything we can do to help you. We really appreciate this favor you have done. Before he finished, Joe said to the daughter, I know one favor you can do for him. He's looking for a job. Can you please help him with a job? So the daughter went into the house, brought out her card, and then gave her card to Tom. And guess what? The card he gave to Tom said, President of the company he just interviewed for. That was how he got the job. Favor has a way of coming back to you when you love and show love. It has a way of coming back. It has a way of coming back. Friends, I like to encourage you. Be a lover. Show real love. Let real love be a part of your life. Let it be part of your life. How can we demonstrate real love? I talk about two or three and then I think I wrap up at that point. How can we demonstrate real love? One way to demonstrate real love is to love God's word. You have to love his word. That is the bedrock of every love adventure that we'll have. You have to love his word because that is word is what will tell you the rights and the wrongs. John chapter 14 and verse 21. The Bible says, he who has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and manifest myself to him. Psalms 119 and verse 97. Psalms 119 and verse 97. The Bible says, oh, how I love your law. In other words, how I love your word. 119 verse 97. It is my meditation all day. My meditation all day. 119 verse 165. Great peace have those who love your word. Who love your word. Nothing causes them to stumble. Love the word of God. Let it be the attraction of your life. Let it be what you dwell on every day. Because the more you love the word of God, the more you realize that God gives you peace. God establishes you in peace. Oh, the more you love the word of God, the more you love God. Because the Bible tells us that the word of God is God himself. Love his word. Love his word. Love his kingdom. Love his kingdom. Love God's kingdom. Love for God's kingdom. It's you loving the things he loves. The Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness. And everything shall be added unto you. God does not need us for anything. We are the one that needs God. But the more you extend love for the things of God, you realize that the more God pours out himself unto you. Love his kingdom. Love to be part of his kingdom. 
loves to be involved in the things of his kingdom and it makes a whole world of difference. In fact, you become a candidate for the blessings of God when you love his kingdom. The scripture talks about a Roman centurion, a Roman officer, who people were begging Jesus to heal his servant. Why? Because this man loved the kingdom of God. Up to the point that he built the people, a, temp, a, a church, in the book of Luke chapter 7, verse 4 and 5, that shows how much love, how much love he had. So that he went all the way to build a tabernacle, a temple for the people of God. And, and, and that was the miracle that he had that changed his life. The, the third dimension is that we must love the people of God. You want to demonstrate love? Be ready to love the people of God. And friends, this is the hallmark of love. Loving God's people. You can't love God without loving his people. You can't. You can't love God without loving the special sons and daughters he has created. You can't. In fact, the Bible says if you say you love God, but you hate your brother, you're a murderer. That's what it says. And we know the story of Cain and Abel. It says a new commandment I give you, John chapter 13, 34 and 35, that you love one another as I have loved you. A new commandment I give you, that you love one another as I have loved you. That you also love one another. It says, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. I'd like you to look at somebody close to you again. Tell them I will love you. Irrespective of your personality. I will love you. Irrespective of who you are. Because it's a command. It's not a choice. It's a command. And friends, I like to challenge you this morning. Go out of here making up your mind. I am going to go out and love my brother. I'm going to go out and sacrifice for my fellow brother and sister. I'm going to go out. I'm going to be selfless. Oh, I'm going to go out. I'm going to make up your mind to pour everything. This unconditional type of love that Jesus talks about. Where the rubber meets the road is where you meet an unlovable person. So the question is, what do you do where you meet an unlovable person? The interesting thing about scriptures is that God says to you, to love. He didn't define whether the person is lovable or un unlovable. It says love. 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 Can you imagine if God was to say, look, hey, these people are unlovable. Let's leave them alone and do something else. But at some point, God said, these people have a stiff heart. Their hearts are hardened. They are wicked. But Moses said, hey, Moses, God, you can't. You have, already, you have already decided to love these people. You can't do otherwise. God is saying to you and I, friends, we have to love even the unlovable. Yes, we can. You, you can't. You're, by your actions, you can't. By your deeds, you can't. But by your speech, you can God is not commanding you to be friends. He's commanding you to love. There's a difference between friendship and loving. Friendship is a situation where, oh, Two of you are parties, you know, you are, you're good. 
you jive, you relate, you talk. But, but to love means that, okay, even if the person does not like you and he comes to you and says, hey, bro, I need, uh, I'm, I'm out of, I have some issues. Can you help me? He's like, you put down everything and you do what? You extend that help. That's what love is. You go the extra mile to be who God has ordained for you to become. Last but not the least. One of the ways to demonstrate love is always to be thankful about the love he had given to us. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 verse 15, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift of love. Thanks be to God. We, we need to learn to be thankful for the love of God. I don't know about you guys. If God was not loving, I am very certain that I won't be here today. If God were not loving, it says in Psalms 107 verse 1, Oh, give thanks. Oh, thank God. He's so good. His love never runs out. Can you imagine if God's love runs out? If God's love runs out, then we all are messed up. His patience is incredible. His kindness is incredible. His messes are incredible. They never run out. Every time he keeps chasing down, chasing down after us. Oh, the songwriter Chris Tomley says, his love endures forever. He says, give thanks to the Lord our God and King. His love endures forever. For he is good, he's above all things. His love endures forever. And he says, sing praise. Sing praise. For his love endures forever. Friends, where will you be if the love of God runs out? Where will you be? Maybe you're not born again. You're hearing the sound of my voice. At some point, God may say, like he said to Ephraim, Ephraim has joined himself to idols. Leave him alone. But his love is still real. You can embrace that love and embrace that love and say, Jesus, embrace the work you did on the cross of Calvary. But for the rest of us, like us to stand to our feet and thank God. Thank God for the love that Jesus Thank you for listening to today's word and we believe you have been blessed. For further information, please visit our website at www.throneofgracecanada.ca or send us an email to info at throneofgracecanada.ca. The word works. Throne of Grace. Transforming lives. Establishing His kingdom.